things open, I think. Oh, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. Getting tabled. You'll get it and you'll Getting like tabled. it. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people. You're listening to episode seven, lucky number seven of Getting Tabled with your host, The Brew. Hey, that would be me. And then some other guy here pushing a button to talk. How's everyone doing? How are you doing, Bruce? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Fighting with the flu last week. Finally got better. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm good. I saw that post. So, so does that mean so like your cold and flu season is the opposite of, of what my cold and flu season is then, right? Right. Yes, because it tends to approach when winter approaches. Just right, right, right. Winter. Right, but I'm saying, you know, so if you look at Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere, if you look at a majority of the population, majority of the Earth's population is located in the northern part of the hemisphere. And where a lot of, you know, screwed up, you know, decisions throughout the history of mankind, the, the, the Caucasian race is, the res, you know, responsible for much of the disease and plague that flies around. Yep. And I, I was just wondering if, you know, you know, the, the fact of north and south, you know, but, you know, it's, you know, people, you know, traveling and flying and stuff like that. I just I thought it was interesting that your flu season is opposite, despite of a majority of the world's flu season happens the other half of the year and with you know mass transit you now being what it is so i think to a large extent that can probably be attributed towards the fact that during winter your immune system is generally a bit weaker uh but that could just be hyperbole too no because there is such thing as a summer cold and they'll suck because uh, you're sick yes, and it's middle but let's get back on track and talk about gaming type stuff like the news I like news. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, you're living under a rock, don't have internet, or you don't care, which, why would you be listening to this podcast then? Uh, Games Workshop is releasing a, a kill team version of Sigmar called Warhammer, War cry. Yep. I'm so waiting for the Age of Sigma haters to start raging on this because it's it's trying to be something that it's not or something. I'm just waiting for it to happen. It hasn't started yet, but the what, hate what do you mean? will come because what, what it's related to Age of Sigma. What do you mean it's trying to be something it's not? No, this is not my like anything in regards to Age of Sigma will always have that community that will hate on it and give it absolute garbage just because it's Age of Sigma because they're still bitter about fantasy being killed off. And don't get me wrong, I understand why, but I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting so, for the, the other side of this community to come back around again. Yeah. Um, th th there is still that damage in the community. I, I'm not going to deny or argue that. Um, uh, I, I, I think it's because of it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say, you know, th this is a great and exciting thing because back when fantasy was fantasy, um, there, there was, a. I can't remember if they were actually games workshop published or if they were just really well done rules, but there was a little thing called regiments of renown where it essentially gave you rules on how to build a kill team for a battle within a city that, you know, would not suit, you know, 
the Grand Army coming in. It was just a little squad. Interesting. I don't remember ever seeing. I was never into fantasy back in the day because I came into hobby late, as you know. Um, the reason well, I went for 40K over fantasy originally is that I didn't have to buy as many models. Um, so it was more affordable. Now, saying that now is kind of hilarious, but it made sense at the yeah. time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago, actually. I want to say it was, uh, we, we were playing this at my FLGS, ooh, probably seven, eight months before Sigmar uh, released and, and killed Fantasy. So Interesting. It could have been something that came out of a White Dwarf or something, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, I can't remember where where it came from or anything, but but nonetheless, I'm excited. Um, oh, you so am I. Well, I'm, I'm excited as I, I'm very excited for Warcry. I have been for months. Um, this is I haven't seen anything from this that didn't make me go. Ugh. Um, and yeah. the main reason we brought this up is because we have pricing. Yeah, well, and th this just recently hit my radar within the last, um, oh, I don't probably two weeks, two and a half weeks, maybe. Two and a half weeks, maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. They have been talking maybe. about it on and off for a good six months, but they've been spreading out the information um, quite cleverly, I think. But well, and I, and I think you know a lot of the hype for it has been uh, overshadowed from the hype of Apocalypse boxes coming out too. So, so. yeah. Given the value that was in them, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but, yes, we do have some pricing. So um, let's go ahead and make the wallet scribers. Okay. So I'm going to be quoting the U.S. prices. Uh, there is also Canadian prices, but to my knowledge, we don't have any Canadian listeners. Um, so I'm just going to stick with the U.S. prices. The Warcry core game is 170 US dollars, uh, which is roughly around the same price as what most of their boxes have been lately. Yep, yep. The core book is 40. Um, the battle plan cards is 18. Um, the Cypher Lord box is 50. So it looks like it's going to be 50 US dollars for the expansion sets, uh, which is more expensive than uh, Underworlds was, um, which I feel is worth noting. The other thing they have is the card packs. Now, if you look on the Warhammer community site, you see what looks like, they almost kind of look like Magic the Gathering type sleeves, uh, but that's just packaging. They're not actually blind buys. They are just packs with the cards for Nighthaunt, Internet Deep King, Daughters of Cain, Legions of Nagash, Flesh Eater Courts, Gloom Spike Gits, Iron Jaws, Bone Splitters, um, and they're all eight dollars each. So it looks like a blind buy type pack from a trading card game, but it's not. It's just the way they've decided to package it. Right now, it is worth mentioning that those factions you did list are current existing armies. That you can just take, yes. you know, a couple minis of and and play Warcry. Uh, what is super interesting is that there are some Warcry only uh, unit or armies, kill teams, whatever you want to call them, for this game. Yes. Yeah. So 
The Cypher Lords is the one that they revealed most recently. Now, now looking at the pictures on the community page, um, it looks like they're having six armies, possibly? Uh, yes, there's six of them. Okay, and so one of them is not pictured, and the one that's not pictured is the one I really like the look of. Is it the um, crazy-looking... I want to say they're like crazy versions of the Sigma Rats. No, they're um, they look like guys that are you know have bird wings and bird masks, and some of them are wearing like, wearing, like stilts to make it look like that look, have bird legs. the The look of those are by far my favorite, and they don't have those pictured on this uh, community uh, page posting, um, which is disappointing because I think they look fantastic. Um, there's some; um, it's a very kind of an Asian themed, you know, with headdresses. Yeah, they look like, like they're dressed up as crows. Yeah. Uh, the other one I like the look of, it's the one at the, the top left of the four armies that are together. The 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 Ogren, I guess, would be a, a best description of them with the, the red armor. Oh, the Iron Golems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they do look gorgeous. They have a Chaos Dwarf in there. Yay! Chaos Dawi. Chaos Dwarves are awesome. I so, like the fact that they're actually acknowledging that they exist again. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're not actually calling him a Chaos Dwarf, but that's clearly what he is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing I'm liking so far, too, about uh, this Warcry, um, that the, the starter box, um, as far as a mini count, mm, it looks like you're getting, what, two armies maybe? Yeah, two, ar yeah, two yeah, armies. Yeah, the starter box is two armies. It's the Untamed Beasts and the Iron Golems. The, the the thing that has uh, got me excited about the starter set that you know may cause me to pick it up is the terrain that comes with it. It's nice looking terrain. Um, before we get into that though, just very quickly, the six armies that exist um, outside of the the current armies that we already know of. Sorry, warbands. Corvus Cabal is the crow people you were referring to. Untamed Beasts are the barbarian-looking guys in the starter set. Yep. Splintered Fang are all revolving around snakes and stuff. Cypher Lords are the um, Zench-looking guys. Uh, Iron Golems we've just talked about. And the Unmade are the skeleton-slash-scarecrow-looking crazy things that they revealed last week. That looked really weird. I like the look of them, but my initial reaction was now I've changed which army I want. Um, but no, I'm still going for the Corvus Cabal. I just I need yep. to paint some crows. S still doesn't change the fact that they look really weird. Um, um, also, yeah, but sometimes yeah. weed's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, we're okay, right? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm okay. You're a complete lunatic, but I'm okay. But yeah, so so the, the base terrain that comes with this box is is I think fantastically phenomenal because it, it gives you more of a, a three-dimensional feel to the game. Um oh, I mean they, they've intentionally added a ladder stair type thing to you know climb up on, you know, make it more like how do you get up on top of that? Do you jump? Well, no, there's stairs you go up. I mean uh, Yeah. And it's really adding I mean we were just talking a minute ago. It's 170 US dollars 
that includes the two warbands, um, which include creatures as well. Um, and on top of that, it includes all of this armour, sorry, not armour, all of this terrain, which is gorgeous-looking terrain. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, it's kind of a... It almost looks like a fantasy version of the Cities of Death type stuff. Um, I, in all honesty, I, I honestly think you could play with that terrain in 40K and nobody would bat an eyelid. No, you, you could get away with it in 40K pretty easily. I mean, it could be, you know, some gothic city that has turned to rubble that the orcs have gone in and done orc things to it. Um... I definitely want this box set. Um, I kind of need terrain, and this isn't the style of terrain I would normally be going for because I try to get stuff that's a little bit universal. Um, but that's th this terrain is amazing. Yeah. And then there also th there's a box, so it's just pictures on the box, but there's a, another uh, set of terrain called a corpse rack mausoleum. You mean the Garden uh, of Moor? Is that what it's oh, called? No, no. The one that you're referring to, if you have a look at it, it's the old Garden of Morset. Oh, hey, that is it. Yeah. yeah. So the Garden of Morset is one that in one of our first episodes I said was the favourite piece of terrain that ever released, but you couldn't buy it anymore. You actually can buy it now, but you have to buy it in like a double pack, um, which is good value for money, but... But the, the, basically what they're doing is they're re-releasing this under a new name for, I think it's roughly about the same price. Um, I have it in this list somewhere. The Corpse Rack Mausoleum is 90 US dollars. So I think it is a little bit more. But in all honesty, the, the Garden of Moor, I still think is the best set of terrain they've ever released. Yeah. Speaking of a little bit more, uh, also within the last couple of weeks, uh, Games Workshop made Wallets Cry Again by just just raising price. Yep. Because that totally doesn't hurt their defenses against the constant outcry about their pricing. Yeah, I'm just going to oh, take a look. It's actually the second time this year they've done it too, by the way. They didn't oh, yeah. really talk okay. too much about it the first time, but they raised the prices on their starter sets uh, like two months ago. But now they've just done an across-the-board thing for almost no reason. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I don't know, the stuff I'm looking at, I, I don't have specifics in front of me, but uh, there was a lot of outcry of just the, the increase of prices. And based yeah. off information, there was a list. Read there was a list that was doing the rounds for a while, and I, I don't, I don't have it on me either. But it was pretty much box sets across the board. A lot of it was the old box sets, which is really weird because they're the ones that you wouldn't think you'd need to raise prices on. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much across the board. Um, I remember seeing. What felt like random things from every army. Um, I don't think there was any particular army or game that was affected more than the other. Um, it was basically, it's what felt like price restructuring, um, which is what they do every two to three years, um, trying to keep up with inflation and stuff. But they've been in front of inflation for quite a while. So 
Um, I'm certainly not going to defend the action on this one. I, I've made my thoughts on pricing in regarding their situation fairly clear. One um, could save their response. Oh, people have oh, this much money to spend on hobbies. We can charge more for everything else. Yeah, it's um, it's frustrating because as much as you want to get the point across, there's a lot of hardcore G-Dub fans that will defend any action that they make because they love the games, and that's fine. If you want to spend that sort of money, that's fine. Um, but when you have countries paying, what... 50% more on their products for no other reason other than where they live. Um, because you're a country of convicts. Well, that's, it's not just us, though. You guys are, you guys may not be paying as much as we are, but you are getting ripped off, too. We discussed this a few weeks ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, well, okay. So based off pricing, it's, it's not so much the GW Plastic that we started getting ripped on. It was all the Forge World products that we started getting ripped on. For yeah, no reason. To, to be fair, that wasn't just us two, though. That was every country that wasn't the UK. Yeah. So, it, you know, the Forge World branch was just like, hey, you're not in the UK? Cool. We're going to bleed your wallets dry for no reason. Yeah. And I I really wanted to buy Sanguinius when he came out. I'd still love to have him, but I just can't justify doing that now. Um, I don't know. Unless I, there's a couple of things that I'm looking at at the moment. Um, yeah, I yeah I'd, I'd even look. Let me let me let me look here. Let's see how bad that is. What Sanguinius? Yeah, I have the Australian one. I, I'm pulling yours to the UK one. I, I'm pulling myself to, uh, or I'm pulling up Australian prices right now. Good lord, why is it doing okay, this? I'll change to the UK then. Uh, UK. Are you changing to the UK? Yes, I am. I'll change back then. We're so well organized. Now I have to find him. Oh, I'm back to U.S. pricing here. Um, okay. Um, buh, 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 buh. He's on page three. Oh, oh, my God. I'm a... Oh, wait, no. That is the Australian price. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, convert to you. I have the Australian one up. So for those that are waiting for the answer, if you want to buy Sanguinius Primark of the Blood Angels from Forge World... Uh, I'm currently looking at the one that does not come with the display base, and it's $184. $184. Uh, on, the, on the UK side, um, where'd my converter go? It is listed at 84 pounds. Which is $149. Australia. Australia. So we are getting charged $30 more for being in Australia. Um it would be a similar difference to the US, but we're just going on the Australian because generally it's... Well, I'm, 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 I'm looking up US prices. Uh, where's he at? He is 131 US. That's actually about the same as us. So we're being charged the same amount. For, hey, we're just in a different... Co now, granted, I understand some shipping and everything, but 30 bucks a mini... To make up shipping costs? No, it's called you set up a distribution warehouse. You send a bulk order over because I know how this works. If you ship a lot, your shipping costs less, and then you uh, can, yep. you don't have to pass along so much to the uh, the customer. 
Interesting. I think there was a Sanguinius model that had a display base as well, but it mustn't be. It must just be that one. Um, There may have been, and they may have uh, uh, nixed it or something like that. Yeah, so, possible. It might have been a limited edition one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, because the you know, if I were to get a uh, Forge World uh, character series, you know, mini, well, obviously it'd be Layman Russ, and well, get his Wolfkin. Yeah, three hundred thirty dollars for. Granted, they're they're huge minis, but still, that's they hard. are huge. Yeah, I mean, you can get Robot Gilliman for you know from Games Workshop for sixty bucks. Uh, how how much is his Forge World equivalent? Um, ludicrously more. Yeah. 150. To be fair, comparing the Games Workshop 40k model and these ones is not entirely fair, uh, because these are designed specifically as collector pieces. No, um, no, no. That, that is ones. fair. They have display bases. They are resin cast, you know, but it still seems a bit ludicrous too, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, as much as I would love to own... That uh, the 184, to be fair, is I thought it was more than that, but I I might be thinking of the original one that had the display base, which is not on this for some reason. Um, anyway, it's just interesting to look at it. Um, when we talk into game talk, I'm going to be following up a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about something I'm considering and something I'm considering trying to do. Okay, um, but we will leave it at that for now. Yeah, because um, we we have some other news. Or, well, it's not news. We we have hobby to talk about. Not necessarily. Well, there is one more thing of news first, though. Oh, there is one more thing of news. Go for it. Okay, so Corvus Belly have revealed what their Gen Con release is going to be, which is Operation Wildfire. This is their new. They have a, a new two-player battle pack that they release, every, and I'm about to share the link with you. Okay, I was going to say I don't have this one. Actually, you did have that one. It's the second one from the bottom. Oh, I see it. So the battle pack comes with 14 miniatures, uh, as well as a how-to-play booklet, some cardboard terrain and markers. So that side of things is very similar to what it's been in the last few. Um, the two factions this time are the... Now, I'm going to apologise for my pronunciation. Shazvasti Expedary Force. Um, and a brand new faction known only as Zero Twelve. I know very little about either of these. I know the Shazvadi are from the Combined Army. Um, I know absolutely nothing about the other one. I'm guessing by the look of them that they might be from Tower. Um, it comes with an as with an Amazonian warrior that looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, there's also an advanced pack, which brings some new models to expand both of the factions from Wildfire. Um, so this is another one of the Gen Con exclusives. Um, the idea being that because you're at Gen Con, you can buy these things before they'll hit retail shelves, is my understanding. Uh, there's also a new model for Aristea. Um, it's... Compatible with Infinity, Aristea, I might be saying Aristea wrong, by the way, and Defiance, which I believe is the name of their um, 
uh, Dungeon Crawler that they haven't released yet. I could be wrong. But Corbus Belly continue to release gorgeous-looking things. Um, yeah. Corbus Belly makes some amazing-looking miniatures. I just wish they weren't metal. Yeah, no, I, I, I am going to agree with that. Their stuff looks absolutely gorgeous, which means you need to have the strongest ma magnets on the bases to store them any sort of way so that they don't touch anything because paint doesn't the paint doesn't stick to the metal nearly as well as it does to a resin or plastic and banging into each other just rubbing it out of foam yeah uh the gen con exclusive there is a pack that they're doing where if you buy the advanced pack and operation wildfire you will get the Valkyrie Elite Bodyguard, which is the one that's compatible with all three games, for free. That's the free exclusive miniature that you can get this year. So it's a similar deal to what they've done every single year. Uh, for those of us that are not able to get to Gen Con, wait, Gen Con? Yeah, Gen Con, uh, you can buy this during Gen Con on Corbus Belly's website. Um, it's possible that your local may be getting this in as well the only way that you will know is by asking um however it would not come with the advanced pack that i know of um yeah so if you're playing infinity uh i have quite a bit of infinity but i'm not playing at this point um i'd like to get some games in but i just i've never played it um and i own like four boxes of the stuff that are sitting there doing nothing so I've got to a point where I'm not buying new Infinity at this point. Uh, but for those that are, and there is a strong community in Australia, um, ask your local, whether it be House of War or the Combat Company or whoever the equivalents are in the US, ask if they're getting them in. If they're not getting them in, go to the Corvus Belly website. Um, you'll have to pay postage, but it'll be worth it for the exclusive models. I have to give Corvus Belly uh, credit for... Uh hey, this is exclusive during that time frame. We'll let you order it from our website so you don't have to travel across the world. Yeah. Um, Corvus Belly, to their credit, have been doing that for a while. I know with the San Diego Comic-Con type stuff, which is not gaming, um, there is, I think, in the contract that if you're doing an exclusive there, you're not allowed to sell it elsewhere. Um but there's, it's it's a practice that really needs to stop. Um, yeah, it's it's with super the exception annoying. of I mean, if you're releasing an alternate version of a model, sure, um, that's one thing. That's one thing. Yeah. But just a but model that you can only get there. And... The people that rip everybody off on eBay, uh, which is what ends up happening with a lot of this stuff, is people buy it and then sell it for four times what it's worth uh, because they know that somebody will be stupid enough to buy it and i'm not taking that back if you're paying those prices you're stupid hate me if you want um but it's a practice that needs to stop um wizards of the coast are currently doing it with their transformers the card game um they've kind of half learned their lesson from last year there was a massive outcry of anger last year over them doing it um they're doing two exclusive releases this year one of which is just a alternate art, which is calling back to the original box art for Soundwave and Blaster in the 80s. 
Um, but they're releasing a proper retail version of that box that has modern day art as well. So that's fair enough. Uh, but they have another one, which is a pack of six cards that you can't get anywhere else. And it was a $15 pack last year and ended up selling for $160, $170. Uh, and it was something that you could not buy anywhere else. And you could, they did sell it on their website afterwards, but only for residents of the United States. So the only people that ended up getting it were the people that were ripping everybody off. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it's a shame. Uh, it's a horrible practice. I understand that it happens a lot with, with um, action figures and stuff too, but it's a very different market, and they actually are collector's items where these are supposed to be gaming things for people that you're trying to advertise to. It's not really... It hurts the community, is what I'm trying to say. But I think that's it for the news, really. Everything else is gaming talk or um, hobby time. Well, let's move on to uh, next in the order, then. Dream, blue, prime, paint. Bruce is excited. Bruce is excited. Because Bruce has found something that he can buy that might actually help him have a hobby desk that looks vaguely like yours. And it's actually affordable because it's free posting. Well, and when I looked at two, it, it is uh, affordable for, it'd be more affordable for you because uh, it is a Korean product. So it is quite close. Yeah. Yeah. It is a Korean product. So we've been talking quite a bit of late about Hobby Zone. Um, and we've had nothing but praise for Hobby Zone. They uh, have nothing to do with us. We, we literally were just a fan of their product. Uh, and I'm still a fan of their product. But I can't purchase their product because the shipping costs, because of the weight of the product, is three to- two or three times more than the product itself which is just insane. Um, Poland is not an area of the world that's usually expensive shipping-wise for us. Poland. But because it's all very heavy wood, it's expensive because there's no way around it. Um, and that's not something they can control. It's just frustrating to see a product that you want and can't justify buying. It, it's, it's Poland, Bruce. It's Poland. What did I say? Poland. Okay. Now, I will say this. Um, their paint booth looks pretty dang cool. It, it looks like it's set up with, like, an actual exhaust fan and some switches. Yeah, yeah, they actually, have, they actually have an airbrush station built that you can add into there, uh, which does not exist with HobbyZone at this point. Well, so HobbyZone does have an airbrush booth, but it is a separate standalone thing. It does not adhere or attach to the the other hobby furniture yeah so the website that i'm referring to was shared to me by a friend of mine locally chris with a k uh who i don't think is a listener but i'm still giving him a shout out anyway because he's the one that showed me this uh and the website is whose name start with k i think are psychos psychopaths (laughs) um it's called arty station and Artie is with two T's for some reason. So A R T T Y 
station, like the train station, .com. Um, they have a completely modular system that looks very similar to the other company. Even to dimensions, even. Yeah. Um, all of their stuff appears to be in 30-centimetre lots, uh, whereas Hobby, Hobby Zone have two different sizes now because I've got the 20-centimetre stuff now as well that I don't think you brought any of. Well, if it's if it's space constraints where it's like, ah, oh, I can't fit another 30-centimetre thing. Oh, but I can fit 20-centimetre. Yeah, which is fine. So they have a drawer set up that looks very similar to the ones that you purchased. Not the same, but the, it's a similar sort of concept. Yeah, the, the corner module is uh, very identical to it. Yeah. Uh, they are using the white covered and the regular MDF looking much like HobbyZone does. All of their material is sealed, so it will be resistant to moisture. I believe that HobbyZone do that as well, but I'm not 100% sure. Is their MDF sealed? Uh, I don't know, but I also live in a part of the country where we don't have this thing called humidity, so I'm not worried unless I spill a bunch of water. Okay. If you run, are you at your painting desk now? I am not. I, 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 I still have not moved my podcast desk to be in the same room as the hobby bench. No, that's fair enough. I was going to say run your finger over it and see if you can feel the MDF or not. Um, there's also a couple oh, of... Oh, like, well, like, going off that, I would say it is uh, sealed then, if, if that's how you tell. Okay. Yeah. So that is the same then. Cool. Um, they have a couple... But there's one that's like nipper for tweezers and modeling equipment. So like if you're a sculptor. Uh, and there's another one that looks very similar, which is for paint brushes and paint plates and stuff. There's a sprue organizer. There is the sprue spray painting booth which i'm beyond tempted by i don't even need a spray painting booth i have one but i'd be very tempted to have one in in an all-in-one setup um obviously there's your regular paint shelves um both in corner and straights there's a manual stand but unlike the hobby zone one this one is not magnetic um there is i know that this is the one that caught your eye uh, but it was immediately the one that caught my eye as well. They have a paint shelf that slides out. It can yes. hold up to sixty. It holds up to sixty dropper bottles, and it's the same size as one of your units. Dra yeah, drawer modules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of it all slides out and tilts. Um, so it all it, each shelf holds three rows. Um, they come in two versions. One is for dropper bottles. The other one is for your Tamiya-type paints. Uh, they don't have one for that particular design in Games Workshop. I'm going to say yet, because that particular product was released about two weeks ago from the yeah. research um, If anything, or we could start a campaign with them and say, hey, you know, make one of these for uh, Citadel, you know, Games Workshop paints. Oh, it doesn't hurt you. To, it won't hurt you to ask. Yeah, because I mean, if I, if I could get one of those, I mean, I that would literally be the limit of all my uh, GW paints, and then I could just you know have all my you know dropper stuff up top where I can easily see it and access it. Because like yeah. I, I, I'm in the process of converting over what paints I primarily use. There's some GW stuff where it's like 
I mean, that's just what I'm going to use. Like some of the gold, the gold trim paints for my space wolves. I, I have to use the Citadel paint because they make that color that I specifically use and no one else has it. So I'm going to use it, but yeah, I, I would love to have that. Now, the one thing uh, looking at this, I'm not seeing because then they call it the opera setup, the opera full set yeah. where the, there's all the stuff, but looking at the individual modules, I'm not seeing any way where they attach together. No, there doesn't appear to be magnets in it. It seems to be something that you're either going to glue together or just stack, um, which is, I mean, you could add magnets to this very, very easily. Uh, I'm not sure I care, though, to be honest. Um, I will tell you this, I mean, having those magnets yeah. holding the entire thing together, it is so nice, period. Oh, yeah, don't so get me wrong. It, it, it would be. Um, but you could line up magnets with the corners of it very, very easily. All you'd have to do is draw the hole and glue it in and make yeah. sure that you so, glue them the right way. So so here's my issue is the Hobby Zone PL stuff. The the magnets are in the middle of the pieces. So I, I'm fairly certain I could figure out, you know, how to get, you know, to market and drill the holes. You know, I just, I'm just wondering if Hobby Zone has a specific enough patent on that magnet setup to where RD Station could not do that. Otherwise, it's like, oh, your, your stuff is saying. almost compatible. You should have gone that extra little step and, like, put those magnet holes in. Now, it's worth noting that we don't know if the sizing of these modules being, in theory, compatible is a deliberate choice or not. But I think I'm fairly confident in saying that we'd be very surprised if it wasn't a deliberate choice. Oh, I would say it's a deliberate choice because I, I fail to see how it couldn't be. If you look at Hobby Zone PL, they were literally one of the only ones, and you know, being available in Europe and the US, that gave them a huge market. If this company is, you know, I mean, some of the stuff is just within the last couple of weeks, I'm sure they thought, you know, we should, you know, stay in the same size. This is a good size. Our stuff would work with this stuff. And I'm just wondering if the magnet, the, the lack of magnet holes is because of, you know, a, a patent of some sort. Yeah. See, if I was doing it with mine, I would create my own pattern for it. Like I would just measure in so far from the corner and then drill there on every single piece. Um, but as I said earlier, I'm not convinced I'm going to yet. I mean, I haven't even brought any of it yet, but I have to replace my desk before I even bother with this at this stage. But I'm pretty confident that this is happening. Um, this is not a matter of whether I'm going to buy it. I am going to buy it. Um, it's just I need to sort out the rest of my setup first because there's no point buying it when there's nowhere to put it. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, getting what you need um, – uh... You know, or getting a desk, then you can get what you need to fit on the... Yeah. See, um, I will be buying two of the slide-out drawers uh, for my paints, and I will be trying to stick to just those at this point. Um, I will most likely get one of the spray painting booths. I'm not 100% sure on that. I definitely want one, uh, just because it would make sense. Um but at the same time, is that just going to be something I purchase and never use because my I'm not going to be near a window, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure what I do there. Um, 
I don't see any reason to buy the sprue holder uh, just because I usually put the sprues back in the box. I don't really see myself using that. I, I think a sprue holder is one of the it, – it's not something to spend money on. No, it, it's a nice idea. Um, I would most likely buy one of the corner shelves with the solid shelves to hold generic stuff purely because uh, – I actually, no, I wouldn't. I do it with the straight ones just so that every everything is on the same level. Um, and that could be for, like, your airbrush fitters and, and stuff like that and just whatever's left over. There's also a cell phone holder, which is quite odd because I can't actually figure out how it works. Well, which also leads me, you know, was it, you know, when I first saw it, I'm like, this has got to be like some sort of like Asian company or something like that. No, lo and behold, it is. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a cell phone holder, which is a curved piece of plywood uh, that has what appear to be like little paint station things. And I, I just, I can't figure out how this thing is supposed to hold your phone. No. I will say this though, Hobby Zone did make a. It's it's one of the top things where you know it's like typically your shelves for like paint and storage and stuff like that. They did make one specifically with the purpose of holding a tablet. So yes, wow. yeah. Um, I would probably buy the manual stand for that purpose if it was me. Um, it depends on the internal size of it, which I haven't looked at. But there's a manual stand which is designed for obviously holding the instructions. Um, and I would just double double up its use, because why wouldn't you? Which I'm going to uh, give you crap of, why would you buy a manual stand? That would mean you, you're reading instructions, and real men don't read instructions. Oh, actually, I, I stand corrected on this. The pictures actually show it being used for a tablet, so that's not my idea at all. Uh, I hadn't actually <laughs> opened it. I just thought, hey, why don't I? I could just do that. Um, and... If you're buying a Games Workshop product and not using the instructions, you're doing it wrong. I'm reason they include instructions, even if those instructions are terrible. Rhino without the instructions, so. A rhino is a very simple kit. If you couldn't build that with instructions, I'd be very worried. <laughs> um, now, one oh, thing. Hang on, no, hang on. What are you doing building rhinos? You don't buy a uh, rhino. No, uh, someone bought a, a, a Rhino kit off of eBay, and all the parts oh. were there. There was no instructions, and he was just like, uh, and I was just like, give me, and I put it together in like 20 minutes. Did, did, you, did you correct them and say how silly they were for buying a Rhino kit? No. No. Do you know why I'm saying it's silly to buy a Rhino kit? You should. Why is it silly to buy a Rhino kit, Bruce? Because you buy the, you buy the Razorback, it's the same price, and it includes more. Mm, or you just don't buy the tanks, period. I, I'm i actually still having some buyer's remorse for buying two uh, Repulsor kit tanks. The Repulsor is the um, Primaris I push down so hard that I can't do anything, right? It's like It looks like a floating thing, but if you walk underneath it, you're going to get crushed. Yes. Yeah. I love the fluff behind that thing. So now the one thing I will say about this uh, this company stuff is... Uh, a couple of the paint racks that sit on the top, they have a little section that juts out. And I was just looking yeah. at that. I'm like, I wish my hobby zone stuff had something like that because then I could mount another light bar under that and get light closer and at a different angle to my work area. Yeah, actually, that's true. I hadn't even thought of using it that way. I just thought it was a nice idea for your leftovers. Yeah. 
Um, we, I, I wasn't when I was having this conversation with Chris last Friday. Um, I don't even remember how it came up, um, but it actually it came up because I brought myself a portable painting station, uh, which you have a photo, by the way, George. Um, and I was like, oh, I'd yes. like to buy like a proper modular painting desk type thing, but I can't because the postage is too expensive. He's like, oh, are you talking about this particular one? Said, no, they're based out of Poland. I, I don't know one from Korea. So he ended up sending it to me, kind of expecting – he was kind of expecting me to go, oh, that's really nice. Um, but, yeah, out of my price range as well. But this has very similar prices to Pol to the one in Poland. But if you spend $50 or more, it's free postage. This is not just affordable. This this is easily affordable. Right. Um, I'm buying this at some point. I just don't know when because I can't know when at this point. Uh, I need to sort out my desk and I need to figure a way of doing it what I'll probably do is have a way – I'll probably set it up so that it's my computer desk. Um, my monitor is going to be moved across onto a um, – off the stand and onto a um, an arm so I can just kind of swing it up and out of the way. And um, this stuff will be stored and then brought onto the desk when I'm using it. That That, that is my plan at this stage. Um, but we will see how things progress. Yeah, I, I'm just glad you, you found, you know, something to, you know, do your bench with without having to break the bank. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's it's beyond affordable. Yeah. Um, over in my neck of the woods for hobby, I, I have uh, done some work on a uh, my Iron Wolf and, you know, some Space Wolves. Um, but uh, I want to talk about someone. I, I want to talk about this guy because this guy has done some amazing work. This guy's name is... Is this the guy that immediately made you jealous just by looking at his photos? Um, uh, he makes me want to just give up doing hobby looking at his photos. Uh, this guy's name is Gordon Holland. Um, Gordon, you are, you are amazing. Um, he has taken Calderon Overlords... Uh, and a bunch of other kits, and and has made, literally made, uh, modern squats. I mean, that's all there is to it. He has taken an Imperial Knight. Uh, he's added a beard to the face. He's covered with ruins. There's axes on the armor plates. Uh, it looks like he's robbed uh, actual like dwarf kits for uh, shields to put on the pauldrons. You know, there's you know there's hammers and anvils on it. I mean it looks like a dwarf knight. It's a squat knight. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. And and with the cauldron overlords with their you know their steampunky look, you know, the super easy convert. He's he's put in a pilot. You could he's got a little the little panel on the top of the carapace, you can remove it, and there's a, a cauldron overlord piloting the knight. And then he has gone through and done conversions on the other Cauldron Overlords. One of them is holding a plasma pistol. Uh, I am trying to figure out what these other guys are. Uh, if you look at the picture, Bruce, it's like the fifth one I sent you. It's the the group of four. Yeah, it, I would say that there's pieces from what what are the Space Marines inside Space Marines called? Centurions. Centurions. Yeah, I would say that's a Centurion kit. Um, 
that's been mixed. I want to say that there's pieces from the um, Chaos equivalent in it as well, though. Yeah, I, yeah it's... I, I there's, can't there's, some massive, this there's some massive conversion work there. Oh, yeah, for sure. There, there's magic conversion work. Uh, and then some of the normal cauldron troops, they've got uh, las, las guns. Uh, yeah, it's just... It's fantastically done. He he has remade squats, period. period. Yeah, I've seen people talking about wanting to try this, and I don't remember who they were. Uh, but this is the first example I've seen for myself. I'm not saying that he's the first one to do it because I wouldn't know. Um, but what he has done is amazing. Um, I, I, I would even argue probably one of the best ones I've seen, and this it's the only one I've seen. I like. So something as simple. Go to the picture where it's showing you the pilot. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I love the yeah. fact that he's actually he's deliberately chosen to remove some of those missiles to make it look like they've already been fired. No, that that's how the kit comes. Oh, does it? Okay, then I'll take that back. Yeah, no, the kit comes that way. Then ignore me. Can you I, tell I haven't built an Imperial now? Yes, I can. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm scrolling through. I'm seeing nothing of yeah no it's it could be centurion shoulder pads but that's it the legs they are not centurion I I do not see a single uh imperial mini that fits uh those legs uh the legs are for a dreadnought kit dreadnought kit no they are not They've been converted and moved around. But no, they are, they're original no, it's, dreadnought. It's, it's 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 oh original dreadnought. Mm. It's it's like for example, your Furios. They have the same leg anyway, but he's cut and he's cut and um, moved them. Has he? Because it doesn't. Yeah, because they look more of a uh, they look more of a centurion size, which is smaller than the dreadnoughts, but bigger than Terminator. Well, he could have cut and moved the centurion legs, maybe. No, because the, these legs they're they're squared off and angled. They're not round. Yeah, that's why I thought it was the centurion one. Because I think what he's done is he's sorry, not the centurion. Wait, wait. The oh, I think one. I just I think, I think he's just... just not added the armor plates. No, no. Um, what are those? Uh, Havocs? Is that what they're called? No, not Havocs. Um, the chaos equivalent. Obliterators or whatever they are called. Yeah, may, may, I don't know. But anyways, uh, th this guy has done a phenomenal job. Uh, he posted them up uh, today, the 15th of July, on the Warhammer 40K page. Uh, search them out. Check it out. They're, they're freaking amazing. So uh, let's move on to game. Talk nerdy to me. So what, what what's this thing you were you're going to talk about that you were going to talk about? Um. Well, I was going to talk about the um, Arty station at this point, but I do have more stuff. There is a picture in your um, inbox of my portable painting station that I didn't get a chance to talk about too. Yes, that's built by a company in in Australia um, called Miniature Scenery. Uh, they do ship elsewhere in the world. I know that they have customers in the US. Um, but very happy with this. Very, very, very simple, but it lets me carry around my hobby. Um, I've only just finished building it. 
last night. So, yeah, um, the actual design of this is completely modular. So I've got it so that I've got a dropper bottle set up and a, a shelf set up. But you can easily replace the shelf with another thing for dropper bottles um, or a different style of shelf. There's like three or four different things, and you can customise those two items that's on the back of it. Um, very, very happy. Um, otherwise, gaming-wise, well, not this Friday, but the previous Friday, I finally, after, what, a year and a half of talking about it on both this and the Hot LZ, I finally managed to get a game of Rumble Slamming, which is TT Combat's original game. So for those that are not aware, Rumble Slam is Blood Bowl, but if it was wrestling. And I still can't figure out how it's taken this long for a company to realise this is a good idea. Because it's wrestling. Of course it's going to work with tabletop gaming. I mean, as far as a gaming concept, uh, it's not my favorite idea. But, I mean, yeah, it's if done right, any concept can pretty much work for tabletop. Well, they, they lend themselves to each other very well because it's all very cinematic. Um, it's all very over the top. It, they lend each other. They, they lend. There's a lot of crossover there for, for cool gaming ideas. So me and Tom had two games. I won the first one. He destroyed me in this. We had two games and we both destroyed each other in each of those games. I won the first one. He won the second one. And they were both fairly convincing wins. Um, the game feels really, really balanced, which doesn't surprise me, but because I hadn't played it yet, I hadn't really had a chance to know whether it balanced out well or not. Um, we kind of went into the game blind because as much as I've been talking about wanting to play this for a while, it had been a long time since I looked at the rule book. Um, and I'm 100% buying more stuff because I want more stuff. Uh, a lot That's of what fun. these hobbies do. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I also received my playmat, which I've already shared pictures of. Uh, that actually got some game time Friday night. I was helping my friend Chris host some Wild West Exodus games. Um, really good night. I didn't actually play myself. I was helping out the people that were having fun. Um, very successful night. We had about six people around the table all watching the one game. Uh, and we are now most likely going to be running a league at some point in the near future um, because there's a lot of interest in Wild West Exodus still, and now that Chris is back on his feet and able to actually host and join in and stuff again, it's um, we've got enough numbers to actually do something with it, so it's going to be good. As for the thing I was going to talk about, it was a follow-up from... I want to say the last episode, I mentioned that I was considering getting back into something and you laughed at me. Warhammer 40K. Mm. I haven't made any final decisions yet, but if I do, and it is going towards the positive, this is a longer term plan, by the way. Um, but my, it's most likely that I will be doing it and going catacans. I always say catachans, but apparently it's catacan. Anyway, um, and in all honesty, I'm probably going to talk to a good friend of mine in the UK 
The box set that I want to buy in Australia is $270, but it's $190 in the UK. So that's an $80 difference. And it doesn't cost that much to ship it. I reckon I could get it here for somewhere between $40 and $50, which is still a $30 to $40 saving. Nice. If I was to buy more than one thing, see, you can't buy from the UK because they will block it. But I could, in theory, purchase these things, have them shipped to a friend of mine who can then get it shipped to me and tell me how much I've got to pay him for the postage. Or he can get a, a quote for the postage and then tell me what to pay him. If I end up doing that and I don't really save much money, I actually think it's worth it for the experiment. Um, the Katachan, it's hard not to call them Katachans. Um, the Katachan box set comes with two boxes of Jungle Fighters, one box of their HQ, a thing of their snipers, some of their heavy weapon teams, and a Lehman Rust tank. Um, it's quite good value. Like, seriously, it's, it's good value. Um, but if I can save even more money, I think it's probably the way to go in working out if it's possible to, I mean, it's certainly not something I'd want to annoy my friend with every two or three weeks. I reckon I could get away with doing a bulk order here and there somewhere. Um, yeah. And definitely the way to go with buying an Imperial Knight too, because it's the same thing with the Imperial Knight here. It's overpriced. Um, I would need multiple jungle fighters because that's just the way it works. Um, and those I would just buy locally. But um, the problem with if I go Katachan is buying third party is not really a huge option because it's um, one of those, most of their kits are the exclusive ones, which means even if the store does get them in, they don't make a profit on them. And that's just not fair to the, to the gaming stores as far as I'm concerned. So if I'm going to, if I was buying a lot of things and they'd make, the, make it up on the rest of it, then maybe, but... It's not worth gaming stores stocking something that they are either going to have to charge more for because they don't make money on it, like quite literally, they'd have to charge more because they've got to cover GST, in which case a customer would never buy it because they'll go down the road and buy it from Games Workshop. Um, and why would I expect a store to stock something that they're literally losing money on? Um, right, if they yeah. Charge the proper price on it. Um, it's quite disgusting really um i don't get i understand why they why they have that practice it's because they want people to go to their stores but it's a terrible pr move to do it that way and their pr is not great already but anyway that's the experiment i want to do is um order a couple of larger things that i would save money on get it shipped to my friend's place get him to get a quote for what it's going to cost to send it to me so i can pay him that money uh, and then see how much I end up saving or paying. Um, like you said earlier, any shipping that would be done from there in Games Workshop is done in bulk anyway. So it's not a fair comparison, but that's not the point. It's it's more, hey, I did this and I'm still saving money and I've done it in the most expensive way possible, which I will have. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I've actually had, so yeah, I've had some decent gaming over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm definitely getting tempted into 40k, but as I said, it's going to be long term. I don't see myself doing it before October, and it's more—it's more realistically going to be 2020. We'll see. Um, it's all up in the air at this stage. Yeah, I mean, 
with the exception of Games Workshop stores, because that's what they do, you know, carrying everything on the shelf, you know, it, it's super difficult for a lot of, you know, stores to do that. I mean, my local store, it's a very small town, 30,000 people tops when college is in session. So to, to kind of, you know, make sure that, you know, people still come in and, and order stuff through them so they make money, you know, there's the shelf price. And then there's, you know, well, okay, you had a special order. You know, they, they do 10% off special orders. So they they get the shipping in with, you know, their normal stuff and everything. So they're not paying extra shipment and all this other stuff. And they're they're giving you a little kickback, you know, or, you know, a little discount, you know, to get you in, you know, to, to buy the stuff from them. You know, it, I mean, it, it's what you got to do. Otherwise, you know, if they didn't do that, I'd just I'd be shopping the best deal I could every single time. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's Games Workshop are somewhat say clever. I, I'm not quite going to go that far, but they have a way that they do business. There's certain models that are the popular, well selling things that will sell for a decent price. Um, stores will make a decent profit on it, so on and so forth. Everything else that's not in that, this is the stuff that sells everything else, sells all the time, is on the only I can sell this list. Uh, and you can get it in, but if you are, you're not going to make any money on it. Um, I'm oversimplifying that, and I know I'm oversimplifying it. Um, but it's just, I understand that they want to get people into their own stores, but why would you limit the products that you're going to sell? Um, I actually, I understand why they're doing it, but I feel it's a foolish decision because they would just simply sell more stuff. And selling more stuff is good. It doesn't matter where it sells. People are going to come to your stores anyway. People already come to your stores anyway. Um, yeah, no, I mean... Justify, it's... You don't justify having your own stores by refusing to let other people sell certain items. All you're doing is making customers buy other products instead. But that's where um, that's where things like warmer hordes and that all came from, is practices like this. I mean... Yes, I realised that these practices came after warmer hordes was a thing, but there were other things that were going on at that stage that caused that to be created. Um, Weird Miniatures is probably the only company I can think of that have more expensive models. But I'm sorry, Games Workshop, their models are also better, and they're better by a huge margin. Yeah. I don't know, it's... I mean, you being in Australia, you know, you're in a very, you know, unique situation of, you know, things cost so much, you know, just period, just things in general. Because it's the Australia tax. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, on the other hand, though, you know, coming from my standpoint, living in a very, very small, you know, as you would call it, rural community, you know, you also got to keep, uh, you know, su- you know, you got to go into the store and you got to support that store in order to keep that store around so that you have a place. Oh yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent behind um, supporting your local gaming store, and that's just that. Just if anything, adds to the, the argument I'm making. These people are supposed to be Games Workshop's customers. They're selling their product as their customer, and they're getting shafted every step of the way. Um, yeah, yeah. 
90% of the products that I buy, uh, it's probably not 90%, maybe 80% of the products that I buy for tabletop gaming come from House of War, uh, which is my local. Um, not sponsored, literally, it's just just my local. Um, I have been a customer of theirs since the day that they opened, literally. I, I went to their store opening. Um, the only stuff that I don't buy from them is either stuff that they don't carry so I also play the Dragon Ball Super card game. They don't support that game, so I don't buy it from them. Um, and I have no choice but to buy Drop Fleet and Drop Zone stuff directly at this stage um, because of supplier issues, um, which we won't get into because we've discussed it before. Um, I support them with, yeah, a lot of the hobby that I do. And there has been items that I've purchased from there by choice that I could have brought elsewhere for significantly less. So this isn't, it's not so much about the price, it's about the practice. Um, I'm willing to pay for a good service. I'm willing to pay to support a store. Um, but at the same time, I recognise what Games Workshop are up to. Um, and what they're up to moves back and forth, but largely hurts the community. Um, they need to st they need to be more consistent with their pricing, and they really need to stop limiting what their customers are allowed to sell, because it's exclusive models is one thing, but when it's regular and most of it's old stuff too, why limit the stuff that you're going to sell? You're only going to sell more of it, which means you make more money. It makes them more profit. It makes their customers happier. But there's no lose in this situation. Yeah. But the the important takeaway from this is Bruce is getting back into 40. Uh, possibly. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I completely spaced this in, in hobby time, so we'll, we'll chat about it right now. Um, what, what what did you think of my interesting find while cleaning uh stuff out of my house, Bruce? Oh yeah, interesting find. Yes, how many people find an entire army that they forgot they had? Yeah, I I I was cleaning stuff out. I'm like, why do I have an elder box? And it's not like a recent one. I mean, we're talking like long time ago, like fourth edition. Yeah, that that was the that was the previous sculpts of those tanks, which still looks very similar to the new stuff, to be honest. But yeah. there are people yeah. that see yeah, yeah. those. But yeah, open the box up, and I'm like, "Huh, I have an Eldar army. I didn't know I have an Eldar army. Well, I have an Eldar army now. I forgot I had an Eldar army. But yeah, I, how many times? How many times has that happened to you, Bruce? Where you've gone through and cleaned stuff up, and I'm like, "Hey, I've got an army." Never. Well, I've certainly found stuff that I couldn't remember where I put them, but I've never forgotten that I have an army. Though, to be fair, I sold like all three of my 40k armies. So, so yeah, you, you're alone on that one. I'm sorry, but you're alone on that one. <laughs> you knew you were alone on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was a little shocked. So, But uh, the takeaway from this is my painting uh, backlog has just gotten bigger. So are you going to paint that up and then use it? Or are you going to paint that up and then move it on? Um, 
Well, uh, I'm probably going to uh, paint it up and probably use it, you know, just, you know, casually. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because you, you could do either way. Um, so are you going to be that guy now? Like, no. More so than you are? Well, maybe. I don't know. It's an Eldar army, so you're automatically that guy, aren't you? I guess. Just, I, just because you but, own Eldar? Because you're, uh, you're not allowed to be a good person and own Eldar at the same time. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, but see, I owned Eldar before they became what they were, and I didn't know I owned them when they became what they were, and now I found them while they are what they are. So not only are you that guy, but you're also a hipster about it. Yeah, I no. No, you're not no. winning this. I'm, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw it back at you somehow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. Speaking of throwing it back, I think we should uh, throw this one into the uh, the finished bin here pretty soon because we we we've chatted a while about a, a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, been very much off the cuff this episode. Back to usual programming next fortnight. Um, don't forget that you can find us on YouTube. Um, go to YouTube, search Getting Tabled. We will be up the top, like literally. We, the first three things that will come up will be all us. Uh, if you would like us to upload our previous podcasts onto the channel, let us know. At this point, I haven't bothered because I felt it was kind of old and not really much point, but I'm quite happy to upload them if people want them in that way as well. Um, we are working towards some more video content. Well, some video content, uh, which will launch when our Patreon starts. Um, otherwise, facebook.com slash getting tabled at getting tabled for Twitter uh, and getting tabled.weebly.com and getting tabled at gmail.com. Am I missing anything? Uh, no, that's about it. I would just like to interject there with that. Uh... As I as I continue to you know find time and work on it, I will try and do more and more uh, you know live streaming of, of doing hobby and please feel free to come bother ask questions stuff like that. I mean you know so, you know it, I I'm trying to do more hobby and trying to do more hobby. I'm trying to get other people doing more hobby. So yeah, alrighty. Well let's uh, let's play this one now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. And that's how they say in the biz, a rap. Yep. <laughs>